Welcome to the IT Career Energizer podcast. For anyone who wants to build and grow a career in IT, develop and improve your strengths and skills, be inspired and motivated by the successes of others, manage your career progression, and achieve your IT career goals. And now, your host, Phil Burgess. Welcome to episode 122 of the IT Career Energizer podcast. My guest on today's show is Asim Hussain. Asim is a developer, trainer, published author and conference speaker. He has worked for companies including the European Space Agency, Google and now Microsoft, where he is a senior cloud developer advocate. Asim is also director of Codecraft TV, providing online content, courses and training on JavaScript, Angular, and general web development. So Asim, can I ask you to expand on that brief bio and tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yes, uh, absolutely. And I just I want to say what a wonderful voice you have. That is very lovely uh, introduction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, so I am, uh, I've been in the industry for about 20, maybe 20 years. I don't know. I think I remember, no, maybe 19 years. I've done a, a wide variety of things. I've covered a diff- bunch of different sectors, a bunch of different languages. Right now, I'm this kind of very weird, unusual type of role, which is a developer advocate uh, working at Microsoft. I have very, very recently as well, which means I haven't updated my LinkedIn profile at all, been uh, promoted. So I'm actually now re- leading developer advocacy for the EMEA region of Microsoft. Right. Well, congratulations. Thank you very much. It's a great opportunity, but a very big step. So I'm, uh, I'm excited and a little bit nervous about it. Developer advocacy is absolutely wonderful. I've, it's a very interesting career path for a developer. One of the things I still do, even as a developer advocate, is I'm still working on teaching and education. So that's where the codecraft.tv came from. Yes, yeah. So for, I think it was like four years ago, I'd say I started on this path of going into online teaching and education when it comes to software development and that's where codecraft was born i released about i think i've released about six courses covering mostly javascript related well actually all javascript related technologies and i'm actually right now in the process of open sourcing a lot of those because i now believe that open sourcing education is relevant to this podcast i think it's a lot more valuable to you as, as in a career is to have a lot more stuff in the open than it is to have a lot of stuff in the closed area which is what courses typically are the closed off bits of knowledge indeed so what took you down that path in particular why did you sort of go into advocacy and, and uh, developmental courses i actually remember specifically when i went into develop the decision i went into go into into courses was i was listening to a podcast i'm not going to tell you which one it was um <laughs> but i was listening to a podcast and uh driving from london to manchester and just getting so frustrated with the person that was talking because they were they were saying something that i knew to be absolutely incorrect about technology and specifically about I can't remember exactly what it was about, but it was something that I knew I knew a lot about. And I thought, do you know why? I, I should really go out there and start teaching this thing because um, I seem to know a lot about it. But I didn't go in the open. I didn't write blog articles or anything like that. But I went, um, I went into 
doing courseware. I wrote a course, and that, that's kind of what started me off on the whole process. Right. Okay. And, and something you obviously enjoy, given you created, was it six, you said? Course, I think it's six, actually, now. We're all very long courses, so... Okay. <laughs> something to get stuck into. Yeah, you could spend a week listening to me non-stop, 24 hours a day, and probably right. <laughs> finish them all off, but yeah. Cool. Okay. So, Asim, can you perhaps share a unique career tip with the IT Career Energizer audience, one they perhaps don't know and should? I think I have two main bits of advice that I, that I tend to give people. I think I'll give give one of them now. I think it's changed a lot since I left university, put it that way. I think it's changed. The industry's changed a lot. So it's a lot more important now to be very, very public about what it is that you do. Okay, so be very open and very public about it. If I was to ever go back in time and speak to that 20-year-old Asim that was leaving university, I would just beg him to start writing a blog article a week or even a month. Just start off on that because that is worth more to you. If I was writing a blog article a week when I was 20, I think my blog would be worth more than my house today. (laughs) Yes. I honestly do believe that. I honestly do believe that. And when I look at the people in the industry who have really good reputations and really good names now, you'll often find that they were backed by a blog they'd been doing for years and years and years. Yes. And the really weird thing about blogs is that they offer you almost no value for the first year. You know, you're basically writing in a vacuum and you don't even know if anybody cares. But then the value comes along after that and it grows almost exponentially. So yeah. So Sam, can you perhaps tell us about your worst IT career moment and what you learned from that experience? I often say it's this one. I don't know if it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I learned anything. That's the problem. Um, yeah, it's this one. I was working in banking. This is just going to sound really bad because I do not have a conclusion to this. But I was working in banking, uh, in investment banking, front office. You know, it was kind of very, very free reign on a lot of different things you could do. I had a lot of access to a lot of things. And I was supporting systems and also developing systems at the same time. This is all on C++, where you have to kind of type make, and there's a a long compile process, which takes up 100% of the CPU. I'd be sitting there with terminals open um, and kind of one terminal looking at the production server, making sure everything's okay, and another terminal developing software. I used to smoke at that time as well. And I remember once, uh, just before the markets closed, there's a lot of activity in investment banking, um, in trading, when the markets open and when the markets close, just for those two periods of time. So they're important periods of time. So, but just before market closed, I typed in make to start compiling a bill process <laughs> in a terminal. Yeah. Went downstairs to smoke a cigarette, came back up with the entire desk in complete disarray and agony and shouting and screaming because I typed make in the wrong terminal and completely ground the system. I've typed it in the production server Ooh. and uh, completely ground the system to a halt. <laughs> they were unable to make trades. And the, 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 the head trader basically said to me, Asim, I couldn't make a trade. I couldn't close out a position. So tomorrow, we're going to find out if I made $100,000 or lost $100,000. Right. And I was like, oh, hmm, gulp. They made $100,000, but it doesn't really matter. It, it, that, does makes no, that makes no difference because at the time, if, like, if you accidentally made or lost money, 
it's still seen as very, it was still seen as very, very negative because it was an accident. Everything should be deliberate. Yes. So I suppose that is my biggest mistake. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I've learned from that though. Be careful. Yeah, very, exactly. Very careful with what you do. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, so moving away from your worst moment, can you maybe tell us about your career highlight or greatest success? I think there's things that people look at if they meet me or if they see my CV or they see my LinkedIn, there's things people gravitate to because it sounds very, very impressive. And that's kind of when my time working at the European Space Agency, which is actually literally the very first thing I ever did in my career, it was soulfully satisfying, but also not particularly exciting, if I'm honest with you. The space industry is not an industry, at least the governmental funded space industries are not particularly cutting edge, so it's not that interesting. I'd say like a lot of my big successes are, are things I've done very recently, to be honest with you, later on in my career. Starting speaking was a really big success in my career. I, I definitely see a lot of the the really cool things have happened to me over the last two to three years. It's been a quite, quite, quite a great ride. All started off from committing to giving my first talk at a conference. And thankfully, I gave a very, very, very good talk, which then led on to a lot of opportunities, including uh, joining Microsoft as a as an advocate, which then um, then itself led on to a lot of other wonderful opportunities. So definitely speaking. And I think it's writing a book. I think it's writing a book because uh, I wrote a book on Angular and I released it. And the key thing I actually also did was release it for free, which was a very, very nerve-wracking experience because it actually took me three months of of solid time to write it, but then deciding to release it for free. Was, yeah. Um, very, very nerve-wracking move. So it was like a high-quality free resource, but that got my name noticed. And that's, I think, one of the things people need to recognize when doing stuff in the free, in the open. It really helps with your personal brand and getting it recognized. Then that led on to the speaking opportunities, and the speaking opportunities then led on to being a developer advocate, which then led on to other things and led on to other things. But definitely that very first thing of releasing that book for free and out in the open was i'd say the biggest win yeah absolutely That's yeah a lot of things changed yeah. yeah so do you know how many copies of the uh the book have been downloaded or accessed many 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 like tens of thousands right um, so yeah so just doing that has been worthwhile making it freely available i've had people walk up to me it's, it's so wonderful now i don't think i value enough what i did there i i kind of very much devalue what i did there but then every now and again I'm at a conference and somebody just walks up and just says, I just want to thank you so much for your book. Um, it really helped me a lot. I've had, I've literally had a, 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 almost a tearful comment from somebody the other day on a Medium post where I announced the, the freeness of the book, uh, talking about how they, they come from a developing country and how they really can't afford a lot of materials. And it was such a wonderful thing to do to offer, to give them that book for free. So it's like, it was, yeah. It was soulfully very good as well. So yeah, yeah, sounds sounds like it was. Yes, okay, Asim, can you tell us what excites you about the future of the IT industry and careers in IT in particular? I suppose what's exciting about this field is also what's terrifying about this field, which is that everything changes all the time, and you're constantly worried about being relevant in three or four years' time. That also makes it really interesting and exciting. 
to be kind of successful in the space. It's always strange comparing a career in IT to comparing a career in like another field. Like if you if you become a dentist, you, you probably have to have some retraining throughout your career, but what you learn at 18 is probably going to be mostly what you know apply when you're 60. In IT, it's completely different. What what you it's such an early stage in the industry that everything's changing all the time, and it's it's a mad panic and struggle sometimes to to still be relevant. You have to, you do have to worry about that whether you're going to be relevant in 10 years time. But that also makes it really interesting and exciting. I started off my career being a really hardcore C++ developer. Then I moved to being not that hardcore Java developer. <laughs> and then a not that hardcore Python developer. And now a really hardcore JavaScript uh, person. So you get a lot of variety. It's very, very interesting. Now what I'm looking at in the future is uh, the intersection between machine learning and JavaScript, which is a very, very interesting field. Yes, Our field itself is is 20 years ago there weren't that many types of roles in this field. And now the types of roles have just expanded so much that you could spend, there's so many options for what you want to do in this field, that there's enough to keep you excited and occupied for the rest of your career. And you can even jump ships to something completely different and still remain in IT. And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's kind of what excites me is just the, how interesting everything is. Yeah, there's plenty there. Definitely. Yes. Okay, we're going to go into the reveal round now. We're going to find out a little bit more about you and the way you think. Are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, going for it, yeah. So what first attracted you to a career in IT? Oh, okay. So there's a story here. So my sister, who now does not do IT, and uh, she, because she's my older sister, she went to university and studied computer science. And this was back in the day when now it's like you didn't do computer science. It's like it wasn't the cool thing. There weren't jobs in it. This is pre-dot-com boom. And so my father then bought a computer to help her out. And so obviously I then started playing around with the computer. And so then that kind of like started me going. I remember my first program was... um, So... Well, well, he didn't really buy the exact computer we should have bought. He bought <laughs> bless his heart. He, he bought the wrong computer. But um, he bought more of a, a gaming machine. Um, so it came with a tape of games and a tape of basic. And so once we finished all the games, so this, is, this is a tape player. So yes, uh, this is how old this was, a tape player. And uh, once we got bored of the games, just put the tape of basic in. And it came with a manual, so I'd read the manual on BASIC and started. I wrote my first program, right? which was a, an addition program, which my little brother hated this. It was a program which just randomly put some numbers on the screen with a, an operator, and you had, to guess the, you had to guess the answer. So it was like 11 plus 17, and you had to type in 28. And my, my dad would sit my brother in front of that for an hour every day, <laughs> and he'd have to do... All those answers. The previous um, mentor so arithmetic. Program the... Yeah. So, um, but he's into that. He's in IT as well now. Right. So, um, so yes, I suppose that was my first um, foray into it. And then we kind of just kept interested in it. My brother and I, then later on, we actually made a, a web agency where this is just, just a couple of kids doing stuff. And then, uh, then it kind of went from there into... Um, 
uh, I picked it as a degree subject and then ran from there. Right. Okay. So what is the best career advice you've ever received? The thing that just pops up in my head, and I don't know why it keeps, I don't know why, I'm just, I'm just going let to it, let it flow out of me. But the thing that pops up in my head is actually something that was said to me at the start, the very, very start when I first joined uh, the space agency was, I can't remember exactly what the words were, but essentially it was just admit your mistakes. Yes. You know, just be, just you have to admit your mistakes. And I think the challenge that they had is a lot of, if, if, they, if someone didn't admit their mistake in one of a project, a space project, then that's like, and then something goes wrong, that's a couple of billion dollars down the drain in like two milliseconds. So it's very, very important to admit your mistakes. And I think that's been reiterated to me a couple of times, actually, to yeah, admit your mistakes, own up to, own up to problems, because once you own up to them, you own up to the solution as well. Yeah. And it just looks so much... I trust people who admit their mistakes a lot more than I trust somebody who's who I've never heard admit to a mistake. Because if you've never admitted to a mistake, it means you're either not doing a lot or you are making mistakes and hiding them. Yes. So, um, yeah. yeah. I suppose that's... I don't know why that popped up in my head, but it, it must mean it's quite important. So there you go. If you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do? I think too many times in my career, especially when I was younger, I followed the money when I should have followed the brand, put it that way. Okay. So I think that I think that's probably the most important lesson I, I would say to myself is if it's if it's a choice between earning more money and improving your brand, and I think we all have to be brands, right? We all have to be people that are recognized somewhat in the public space these days, always pick your personal brand because that is worth a lot more to you and that will stay with you, whereas the money you'll probably spend on something stupid. Um, <laughs> Quite yeah, possible, yeah. Always pick personal brand over money, yeah. And what career objectives are you currently focusing on? Right now, I've because I've just taken on this new role inside Microsoft, so it's a very interesting, it's a very exciting role Advocacy is a very, very interesting space. It's a space that's actually been, been around for a long time. There's a lot of old ways of thinking about how to do advocacy. There have been times in the past where people have done advocacy wrong and it comes across as not authentic and not genuine and not salesy and too salesy. And uh, one of the things I'm very, very keen on for the next year is seeing if uh, I can really help change or help drive some thought leadership in the advocacy space and really try and get some very authentic, meaningful connections to developers all the way across the world, hopefully, and seeing if that really does change change the the emotional. Because I say what well, I, I I say my goal is to help people change the emotional response they have towards Microsoft, and um, yeah, but my personal goal is to try and achieve that. I'm trying to achieve that with a lot more kind of empathy and authentic connection and hopefully some really innovative ideas that I'll come up with that I'll be recognized for. Um, so that's kind of my personal goals for the next year, yeah. And what's the number one non-technical skill that has helped you in your career so far? A large part of tech throughout your career, so from from when I was actually developing every single day and and I still do develop every single day, but you know, in, a, in an engineering environment where you've got tasks, you need to pop off a queue and 
and understand issues and bugs and stuff like that. All the way through to today, doing what I do, what helps you the most is being really, really good at explaining to others anything really, issues, you know, if, you, if you're trying to understand a bug or you're trying to explain why a bug exists, being really, really good at explaining that to whoever you need to explain it to is one of the best skills you can learn really. And it requires yeah. a lot of different things like empathy, such as putting yourself in other people's shoes, understanding that people work using different mechanisms and mediums. Some people work by talking to them. Some people are a lot more visual. Some people you need to write a demo. Understanding that there's a whole world there of being able to, to turn a key to change someone's opinion and mind on something. That's completely separate to the technical aspects because you can have the most perfect technical solution in the world if you can't be good at convincing somebody of it, it doesn't matter. And those skills kind of add on as you go further, like higher up in your career. Like if you want to convince somebody, if you want to hire into your team, you've got to be good at convincing them that they should join. If you want to get into advocacy, you're doing it on a broader perspective. You need to convince an entire audience that this product is good. So you, it's the same set of skills that you apply kind of throughout your career. And and honestly, it just all just comes from empathy, which I think is a is a muscle that you have to get used to using. You know, like you have to get used to trying to think things, think through things through somebody else's eyes. And the more, yes. the, the more you practice that, the better you get at it. Um, yeah, no, that's yeah. definitely true. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sim, can you share a parting piece of career advice with the IT career energizer audience? I mentor a lot of people as well, especially people that are coming straight out of university or still in university, actually, and kind of struggling to figure out what to do. And I think that there's two typical concerns that they have with me uh, when they're chatting to me. And one of them is like, there's this whole insane plethora of choices of careers and technologies and things I could focus on. And my advice is like, look at my career, look how many times I've changed throughout it you're not going to be stuck with what you pick just pick something that you really enjoy and the most important thing is to enjoy it because it is going to be tough at times and the only time where you're going to get through that is if you're doing something you enjoy so pick something you enjoy stay passionate in the industry and you'll 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 always change up to something else later on it's not you're not stuck you're never stuck and the other advice is like um again be as public as possible like i often say your GitHub profile is your CV now. It really is your CV. So really try and work on that. You know, I, the number of times I, I look at a CV for somebody, go to their GitHub profile, and it just looks fairly blank. Try and treat that as kind of a like your like your Twitter page or your Facebook profile page. Really put a lot of effort into it. Really put your best foot forward there. I think those are two bits of advice I give to somebody coming out in their career right now. And finally, what's the best way we can find out more about you and connect with you? So you can usually find me on Twitter as Jawache, J-A-W-A-C-H-E. And in fact, on pretty much every single social network or platform, you'll find me as Jawache there. Um, and if you want to find out more about, um, for instance, a lot of the courses that I offer, and a lot of them are free now as well, by the way, you can go to codecraft.tv and uh, yeah, find a, you, can, you can see me hanging out there. Asim, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been great chatting with you. 
Thank you very much, Phil. It's been awesome. As always, my thanks go to my guest on today's show. You'll find a show notes page for today's episode on the IT Career Energizer website, which will be itcareerenergizer.com slash e and then the number of today's episode. I also want to thank you for your continued support. It's always great to hear from listeners, particularly when they have suggestions about potential guests or ways to improve the show. And this was one of the reasons for creating the new IT Career Energizer Community Facebook group. I'm really excited about taking the podcast forward, and I hope that you'll continue to support and listen to the show as it continues to change and evolve. Thanks for listening, and remember, if you're not growing your career, you're slowing your career. Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit itcareerenergizer.com.